0: This is the Total Telecom Podcast with Phil Dobby.
1: Welcome again to the Total Telecom Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby and this time, women in a bloke's world. Are there enough women in the telco industry or is it all just a bit too dominated by men?
2: There are a lot of other facets of identity that are underserved as well. Race, sexuality, economic status, disability. Um, And yeah, I I would love, you know... (laughs) My life every day is is middle-aged white men.
1: We'll hear from two women in the industry who have climbed the ranks, Catherine Michelle, you just heard, CTO at Sigma Systems, and Lindsay Thomas at Subsea Networks.
3: There are certainly a lot of women more than capable in our industry of, of sitting on any board and doing um, superbly. We'll
1: look at the numbers with the Office of National Statistics. So there are many factors length of career, role, job tenure that we do have
0: to take into account when we consider earnings and pay.
1: And we'll hear how Vodafone is promoting diversity and not just for altruistic reasons. I
4: mean, We absolutely believe that you know diversity
1: is the key to our business success. Gender diversity in the workplace. How is the telecoms industry shaping up? That's this this time on the Total Telecom Podcast. A BBC analysis earlier this month found that there is, not surprisingly, a gender gap between how much women and men earn in the workplace, and it's not getting any better. 78% of companies had a pay gap in favour of men, with men earning on average 9.6% more for middle-ranking men over middle-ranking women. We'll look at how telecommunications companies stack up in this analysis in just a moment. But first, how do the BBC numbers compare with the numbers from the Office of National Statistics? Matt Hughes is the Deputy Head of the labour market division of the ONS. So what do they see as the difference in earnings between men and women?
0: Uh, Let me give you the latest figure. So in 2018, that stands at 8.6%. So what that actually means is full-time women working in 2018 earned 8.6% less per hour on average than men.
1: And has that been changing a
0: lot? So if we go back to 1997, the gender pay gap for full-time employees stood at 17.1%. percent wow. So that compares with the 8, 8.6%. In,
1: right, in so, the so 8.6% doesn't sound great, but it's more than halved. It certainly has, yeah, and, and we've seen that gap narrowing definitely over the years. So it seems like it's heading in the right direction, even if those BBC figures indicate that they might have stalled over the last. Last year, Lindsay Thomas is on the management team at Subsea Networks, who, as the name suggests, build and maintain cable networks under oceans. Uh, you can't get more blokey, can you, really, than rolling cable out the back of ships. But Lindsay is there with a master's degree in engineering science from Oxford University. So does she think she is earning what she would do if she was a man doing the same job? Good question.
3: I think I'm earning the right amount of money for the job that I do. <laughs>
1: so
3: so I, I might possibly say that I think I have male counterparts who are overpaid, but I, I don't think that I'm underpaid by any means.
1: What a very diplomatic answer. That was, look, another high-ranking woman in the industry, Catherine Michelle, is CTO at Sigma System. She won the Women in Telecoms Award at last year's World Communications Awards and was TM Forum's CTO of the Year. So does she think men and women are are getting paid equally for the job they do in the telecommunications industry or is there a divide
2: um i i do fundamentally believe that there is still a divide in what uh what what women in the same role get paid to men i think women negotiate things differently um i think there's you know there's a there's a a, a value-based gap um do I believe I, I get paid what I deserve? Of course not. I always want more money. <laughs> I always think I'm worth. I always think I'm worth more. Um, do I think there's still a broad? You know, the numbers don't lie, and you, you, there are certain numbers you can disqualify because women leave for a bit for you know maternity reasons. Um, but uh, but for the most part, the numbers just don't lie.
1: But working patterns do throw the care amongst the pigeons a little bit, don't they? Because men don't take time off generally to have kids. Many stay in the same company for long periods of time. So they don't have that interruption which can stall their career. Matt Hughes from the ONS again.
0: It's not simple. Um, and there, there certainly are factors that we have to take into account. You, you talked talk there about um, people working in the same organisation. So if you think about job tenure, uh, men who've worked for over 20 years, for example, in the same organisation earn 20% more compared with those who've only worked for no longer than one year now for women their pay is 17.5 percent higher so there are many factors length of career role job tenure that we do have to take into account when we consider earnings and And that's
1: interesting because i would have thought actually if you wanted to increase your pay the best thing to do would be to move from one company to an next go to another company and hope they're going to pay you more but you're you're actually saying well the the stats are showing stay in one company for a long time you're going to end up better off
0: job Changes and job stayers is definitely a statistic, you know, that is, is particularly sort of important in terms of what it's able to show in terms of the effect it can have. Uh, and if you decide to stay in comparison with those that sort of move around more frequently.
1: Right, so can we therefore say, look, if you're a woman who wants to try and uh, get a salary which is going to match your male counterparts, then staying in the one company for as long as possible is uh, sending you off in the right direction.
0: It's placing you in a better direction, definitely. Um, as, as those figures show, you pay 17, 17.5% higher for women uh, who've worked for over 20 years in the same organisation compared with those who have worked far less... For, 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 for far less time in the organization. So, yes, definitely is uh, a positive contributing factor.
1: Right. And what about the roles that uh, people have, that women have versus men? Have we got any statistics as to, you know, the number of women in senior roles, for example, versus men in senior roles?
0: You can do. So it's a a useful sort of tool, and I would encourage people to look at the... 2018 gender pay gap publication because there's a, a great sort of occupational visual in there so you can type in the, the role that you, you currently sort of work in and it will give you some really useful stats in terms of the number of, of people employed, men, women um, and the gender pay gap. So Looking specifically at women holding jobs in chief executive and senior official occupations, uh, in 2018 we found that women held 28% of, 28% of jobs in those occupations. Then thinking about the pay, women in those roles are paid on average 25.7% less than men across all mm. those jobs.
1: There's no reason for that, is there? I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a CEO role... It, it's hard to say. Well, okay, this person's got more experience than someone else. You, you you've been chosen to have that role based on experience.
0: So the gender pay gap. Don't don't go be go lower and explain the reasons. Mm. They 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 great as a statistical tool to actually demonstrate what that gap actually yeah. is. But you're right. No reason. It, in
1: yeah, but it, it, it highlights an issue, doesn't it? So what about uh, by sector? Because of course obviously we're looking at the telecommunications sector, but just the, the, the tech centre just sector generally, which obviously is you know, dominated by men, are we seeing uh, a, a marked difference in, in salaries in our sector?
0: So uh, looking at technology, telecoms, professionals, again, sort of a, another occupational grouping, uh, women actually only held 17% of jobs in that mm-hmm. sector. Uh, if you compare that with sort of the whole economy, where women sort of hold around 50% of jobs in the, at the whole economy, l- economy level, that percentage is much, much smaller in the telecoms uh, and technology professional sector. Again, then looking at uh, pay. So women in those jobs are paid 11.1%
1: less than men on average. So that wouldn't come as a big surprise to anyone, would it, I don't think. In the telecommunications industry, less women getting paid less. Here's Catherine Michelle again. What does she think about the idea that someone in a specific role, like a CEO or a CTO, someone who's uh, got that job based on their experience, is getting paid less because of their gender? That doesn't seem fair, does it?
2: No, and and it's... It's also value. It's it's not just it's not you know what you get paid shouldn't be just about time served. It's about the value you contribute. Yeah, and I think you know that that's ultimately for me, um, the 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 common de- denominator across a- a- everybody you you hire. It's it's the you know it's the equal opportunity of equal expectation of what you're going to do in the role, not how long you've been doing it for or um, you know how many letters you have after your name to imply the, the level of degrees you have. It's really the day-to-day value that you contribute. Um, And I think, yeah, there is a statistical bias.
1: So best person for the job, in other words, that seems like a good idea, doesn't it? So will that sometimes be a woman simply because she isn't a man? Too many men in a room isn't necessarily a good thing. And Catherine, when I look at the Sigma Systems website, the executive team, and you are one woman amongst a team of what looks like middle-aged white men, almost completely. You've got Jocelyn who is in charge of HR. Uh, but other than that, I mean, would you like to see more balance in senior roles in the company you work for? Uh,
2: yes, of course I would. And when, when I think about um, balance and diversity, you know, obviously gender is a really obvious one. But I think there are a lot of other facets of identity that are underserved as well, race sexuality, economic status, disability. Um, and yeah, I, I would love, you know, <laughs> my life every day is, is middle aged white men. And which for me is so contrary to the life I live outside of work. I'm mm. one of 15 kids of a Mexican immigrant. I have a, of three sons, one of whom is severely disabled. Uh, my, my nanny is a lesbian. So I live in this beautiful world of diversity. But somehow I yeah. have to park that whenever I enter the four walls of work.
1: So is that a disadvantage for the company you're working for? Then, because I mean, it's it's contentious, isn't it, to say men and women think differently? But it, but if we want diversity, we have to assume that we we do in some ways. And you know, everyone uh, has a, a different way of looking at things. Then having women on boards and in senior roles does bring different thinking, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think the lack of diversity limits every business. I think it. You know, it's it's. When you think about the, you know, the market you're trying to serve as a business and the products you're mm. trying to deliver, regardless of what type of product it is, you know, the people you're selling to are ultimately from very diverse backgrounds and identities, and you know, and if you want your product to be more compelling. And more desirable it makes perfect sense that the people contributing to it represent that as well
1: and i guess particularly with a company like sigma systems which is all about digital transformation it's all about change isn't it so as well as technology changing uh, to bring out better business outcomes business practices need to change too don't they
2: yeah and i think you know there, there are a lot of practical things that that companies can do and certainly um, you know I, I i have to say we're getting increasingly proactive in Sigma in, in doing these things. I mean, simple things like when you're interviewing somebody, make sure that the you know the panel that's doing the interviews is more diverse because most people are comfortable hiring a reflection of themselves. And so, if that's yeah, if that's what you you know, if that's who you is conducting the interviews, that's who you're going to hire. And so, changing that aspect, being more transparent about what the you know what the gender pay and diversity pay statistics are in the organization i know a lot of large banks are starting to do that, but certainly not enough of them.
1: No, and they've got even further to go than the telecommunications industry, that's for sure. Well, one company that is taking diversity seriously is Vodafone. They have a head of diversity and inclusion. That person is Karina Gavinci. Karina, we heard from Catherine there about people interviewing people like themselves. We have these entrenched views, don't we? And we tend to employ people who are just like us. So how do you stop that happening, particularly in a company as big as yours?
4: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, the, these are challenges. Both of entrenched um, views and to be able to scale up something for an organisation where over 100,000 employees um, at Vodafone, um, and so we've had to take quite a strategic and long-term approach to tackling uh, the issues around gender diversity. At Vodafone, we've been doing this for over a decade, um, and that's involved a combination of different methods. Um, including setting targets, um, being transparent with sharing those targets and really rigorously following through. So we're really proud this year that we've um, achieved ahead of time our target to reach 30% of women in our management and leadership team. But to do that, we've had to have you know specific strategies around our attraction um, and how you overcome some of the, the biases that you mentioned, um, our retention um, and, and our development. Um, So it is a holistic approach to continue uh, to tackle this issue.
1: Right. So you're using quotas then, really, are you? If you're saying you're setting targets, that that sounds like some sort of quota system, which I can see the logic behind that. I can understand the ethos. But if you've, so, for example, I understand you've got, when you're looking at your high-potential leadership training programs you you try and ensure that half of those are taken by women but if you've got a, a pool that you're choosing from that isn't 50 percent women aren't you disadvantaging the men isn't that a case of positive discrimination which isn't necessarily a good thing either
4: sure i mean there's a very um different distinction between quotas and targets and we're very clear that we set uh, targets some of them are aspirational some of them are, are concrete and that helps focus action business works on targets and so there's no reason that You wouldn't set targets for, um, you know, gender diversity as you would for, you know, sales or other targets. Um, In terms of, you know, opening the pool by setting targets, what you do is you get people to be more creative about, you know, the pool that's out there, both within um, Vodafone and, and, you know, our own people, but also externally. So, for example, our search partners. Um, you know who are looking out for talent, and and what you find is, you know, when you set targets, then they do broaden their search pools, and you know, suddenly talented women come forward who are absolutely right for the job. Our criteria is always to make sure that we have the most talented person for the job, and that um that is paramount.
1: But what you're saying is maybe it, it's it's some of these people are just harder to find.
4: Absolutely, they're harder to find. They need to be looked for further. You know, they they may need, um, you know, further, you know, at Entrenched discussions in order to attract them, but it's absolutely possible. It's um, it just requires extra effort.
1: And the BBC statistics last week, at Vodafone, women make up 22.9% of higher paid jobs and 44.6% of lower paid jobs. So more women than at BT, for example, even though at BT, women actually on average get paid more than men. But uh, that could, of course, be because a lot of the lower paid jobs are outsourced. So it is dangerous to draw too many conclusions when comparing businesses. But what about the root cause of the issue? When Vodafone or BT or anyone is sourcing new talent, will they? Find many young women wanting to join our industry. I mean, it has traditionally been a bit blokey. So let's go back to Lindsay Thomas at Subsea Networks. What tempted her into this line of work?
3: Well, I was. Well, my father is an engineer, and my brother is an engineer, and my uncle is an engineer. All right, so that helps. My, yeah, my mm. father said to me, "I wanted to be an actress," and my father <laughs> said, "You know, that's nonsense. Um, you need to be a scientist, and not just any scientist. You need to be an engineer." So I, I was, I was destined to go down this route, I think. And and a lot of the the ladies that I studied with are a bit similar. Actually, they they had. Uh, an influential figure in their family or in their life who who led them down that path. I think there are a lot of girls who enjoy maths uh, and science, but I think without a little push or role models, I mean, I think we are lacking in female role models in engineering that there are a lot of scientists and research and development role models who are female. And, and then there's increasingly more and more, you know, role models in terms of leadership, but in terms of true technical engineering dirty hand stuff i think we're still missing some role models for younger women
1: Right. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that term, um, dirty you know getting your hands dirty because isn't that the case men don't mind getting their hands dirty but women you know they they they've done their nails they they, they want to keep their hands clean no
3: yeah no i don't think that's true at all
1: <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> i thought i'd ask it well i mean but i i mean that would i mean i wouldn't be alone in in having that view yeah, of course no,
3: but I also think that's part of society and, and the way that young girls are shaped. I, I, I don't believe I mean I have a young daughter myself, I don't believe looking at her, she's not afraid of anything. And uh, and I think somehow society shapes that as, as girls get older. Um, and what I do think in our industry in particular is I suspect in ten years' time the statistics will look different. Because at the moment, mm. you know, there has in the last 10, 20 years been a lot of work done um, by the STEM unit, you know, know, teaching girls in science and engineering and mathematics. Um, And I believe that through university, there are now more girls coming through. Uh, But in our industry, recruitment has been quite low in the last sort of eight, nine years, probably, or or maybe even longer. So the throughput has not happened yet. So a lot of our industry in the subsea space is aging anyway, and mostly sort of 45 to 50 eight 60 year old people um predominantly male at the moment but i suspect when the recruitment picks up again and there's retirements and and the industry effectively refreshes i think naturally there will be more women because there has been a big push in the last 10 20 years for to get girls to study engineering
1: right but will they be doing engineering because we do see women in the industry but they tend to be in uh, more the uh the soft sciences they're in hr and marketing and roles like that
3: well, I mean, that's very interesting. Uh, I think about this a lot when I think about women on boards. You know, there's a big push to have, you know, sea level um, representation, which is across, you know, all, all sectors, all types of diversity. But um, it, often you see women in HR or, or, or legal. Um,
1: and communications.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, but I do think there are certainly a lot of women more than capable in our industry of, of sitting on any board and doing um, superbly. So I, I think it's just a case of time and experience and passing through. So statistically, engineering, I think, about 8 9 10% women in degrees in my day so uh, you know 25 years ago um, I, I think that's better now so i think over time working up to the sea level we we will see a change and there will be more women in senior roles in engineering
1: well it might be changing but perhaps not fast enough because in the european union of which uh, we are still part at least this week male stem graduates at uh, number female graduates 2 to 1 and Catherine Michelle agrees. When it comes to engineering and science, the problem does start at school.
2: I, I do think you know there is an, an, an endemic um, problem in in society that starts very young in terms of you know the gender expectations of boys versus girls. Um, and I think you know there that absolutely, and you see this increasingly that there are a lot of programs to encourage young girls to um, stick with. A lot of the things that they are very talented at, maths and science. Mm. Um, I also want to be very careful about not getting swept up in the notion that you have to be a STEM uh, graduate to be in an IT field. Uh, I think, you know, we when you look at an IT company, and particularly um, one within the the digital economy, um, you know, STEM is not the only type of talent that's needed to make those companies successful. So I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I, I'm getting a little, a little hesitant about the overemphasis on getting more people into STEM so that more women go into IT, um, just because there, there are a lot of other um, valuable traits and qualities that make an IT firm successful. But yes, I, I think, it, you know, it, 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 it's a society in evolution right now. It has to go all the way back to sort of the the gender biases we instill our own children with
1: so it seems what you're saying is look if we want to service our customer base well then within our company we need to really have a representation of that of that customer base and have people involved in in roles that are going to service those needs so for example women could be there in in product definition roles as well rather than necessarily strict science roles
2: yeah absolutely you know it's it's (laughs) it's right from a human Um, perspective but it's also right from a business perspective
1: and that's the thing isn't it diversity brings new ways of thinking which creates better products and better services for customers who spend more with you karina giovanni uh vodafone obviously aren't pushing this diversity approach in your workforce out of benevolence there's there's a commercial edge to all of this isn't there i
4: mean we absolutely believe that you know diversity is the key to our business success that you know diversity and that you're right isn't just gender that is you know Backgrounds, that is, an um, LGBT, and you know, there's all sorts of dimensions, and bringing those together through intersectionality, that that brings a richness to our business, that of course is a competitive advantage.
1: And are you managing to push that competitive advantage by big scene? As a more diverse company, that you're you're going to encourage a, a more diverse workforce, and therefore it becomes a bit uh, self fulfilling. You get more people from diverse back- backgrounds approaching you because they think they're going to be made welcome.
4: Yes, absolutely. I think we've seen that our focused efforts um, over over a decade, so people know that it's embedded, it's part of um, uh, of who we are, is absolutely bringing in talent um, and otherwise, you know, talent pools that we otherwise may not be able to. Um, access and we, like I said, very much want to also be a beacon employer where we operate so that other companies um, and, you know, companies that we work with through our supply chain also are able to emulate some of those policies.
1: So diversity makes commercial sense. So recruiting the right talent is essential. And hopefully more women will graduate from STEM subjects or other subjects that are going to be useful for the industry. Uh, so is that it? Lindsay Thomas, is it simply a recruitment question?
3: No, I think there's also other things to think about, w- such as um, retention. So, for example, in international subsea telecoms, there's a lot of travel and it's quite difficult to raise a family in Mm. that environment. So I think businesses could do more, um, certainly in certain parts of the world, to assist that stage of people's life. I think just reducing the amount of travel that's necessary for one, two, three years Whereas, you you know, as a woman, you can still work full time if you choose to to take care of your family. But it, it's even harder to be away. You know, you can't go on a cable ship. You, you wouldn't want to uh, as a man or a woman, likely. So I think it's that assisting parental leave and logistics during the early stages of family that also will help improve retention. Both men and women I and do you say. think
1: that's recognized do you think companies are saying well okay we need to do we need to do more to hang on to the smart women we've got so you know and, and help them through this period where they're helping bring up their family but they also want to balance it between uh, the, their working life as well is there enough being done for that
3: I I, I can only speak for my own experience but my own experience is entirely positive. Mm. So I, I can't grumble in the slightest on that front. I think, I think I've think i been entirely supported um, because there was a recognition that it is important to keep experience within the industry. So personally, I would say, yes, I would encourage people to ask for more. You know, I would encourage people not to be afraid to ask. Not to think things are too difficult to, to put their position clearly to say I want homeworking or I want things that logistically work for me or these working hours or I just don't want to travel for a year. I think I would encourage people to make that position strongly. And if you're confident to do that and, you know, you have a good relationship with your employer, I suspect that would be entirely successful.
1: I've heard it said I wouldn't dare say this, but I've, I've heard it said that women aren't pushy enough in business. And that's no. that's part of what, what holds them back.
3: I, I Yes, that's possibly true. It's, it's, this, is a, this is a very interesting discussion about whether people need to be more like men to be successful. Yeah, well, which,
1: which, which I suspect we don't. I think we want the exact opposite, don't we?
3: I, I agree we want the exact opposite. I, I don't agree with that sentiment at all. I think all, all people are different and uh, all differences should be celebrated. So I, I don't think that's the case. Um, but I, I do recognise that potentially confidence to push for what you want or feel that you should be recognized for what you deserve is something that should be um encouraged for females Uh, but that's very that's very personality dependent as well yeah but i think mentoring things like mentoring again going back to role models those things help i think if if someone is lacking in confidence or 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 is unsure of what their position is or what they can achieve, then mentoring and role models and someone giving you some assistance you know just ask for this go and get it you can do it it's fine those things help everybody
1: and that's it but we leave you with a word on the world communication awards which are taking place in london on the 30th of october this year celebrating quality and innovation in global telecoms and it's not too late to nominate or enter for the women in telecoms award there are women on the judging panel as well you'll be pleased to hear lots of gray-haired men too but you can help shift the balance and drive the change so google world communication awards for more details on that and for an entry form. And a final thought. The World Trade Organization reckon it's going to take 100 years for the world to close the gender gap. But the countries with the lowest gender gap on pay are Iceland, Norway and Sweden. We are 15th incidentally. And Iceland and Norway are also in the top five most productive countries in the world. So that could be down to their diverse workforce or it could just be that the weather is so cold you might as well stay in and get some work done. And that's it. That's the second edition of the Total Telecom podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know you have and we'll be back for more. In that case, I'm Phil Dobby. Thanks for listening.